0: hello everyone Uh, welcome to eli the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship and today we have with us mr ankur Joshi, who is the founder of nuclei uh, which is a digital banking and customer engagement platform hi ankur welcome to eli
1: hello hi glad to be here it's my pleasure Uh,
0: i would request you to introduce yourself to our audience and give us a brief about what is uh, nuclei
1: Absolutely. So I'm, as I said, I'm Ankur Joshi. I'm the founder and CEO of Nuclei. Uh, We are a fintech uh, based out of, earlier based out of uh, Bangalore. Now we work remotely. Uh, We create multiple products uh, where we integrate these products with various banks across uh, South Asia, Southeast Asia, Middle East, and enable the banks to engage with their customers better and more frequently. And these customers could vary from anyone from a retail customer to a SME customer, to a corporate customer, even to a private banking customer, right? So we have a suite of products, which enables the banks to engage with their variety of customer segments better. Uh, Now we have launched, we just recently launched a a product for our SME customers. We are going live with nearly 12 banks across markets Mm -hmm. and uh, soon be entering uh, the European as well as African markets. So, yeah excited about
0: that got gotcha. you so uh, this concept of bundling services with third party products and offering them as a subscription product is uh unique how does Nucleus uh, arise platform facilitate this process and what are some of the notable examples of uh, successful cross-vertical uh, subscription products
1: so one thing which we realized was that uh, a lot of customers I'm uh, um, specifically talking from a bank's perspective, right? A lot of customers, premium customers get access to some or, some or the other services as part of the bank's premium offering, right? Mm-hmm. These are all third party lifestyle or travel or shopping related products, but a lot of those products go unutilized, right? So they are not redeemed or they are not unutilized. And as in the last 10, 15 years, the profile of this particular customer base has changed drastically, mm-hmm. right? So, but still the bank's offering hasn't changed. And that's what our product does. It enables the banks to tailor make their product as per the customer's preferences, right? So if it's a 25-year-old customer, the products offered will be different. If it's a 35-year-old, 45-year-old, 55-year-old, the services which and products which that particular customer requires from the bank are very, very different, right? So a single product, one size won't fit all. So our product enables the banks to customize their offering to these particular premium customers and then offer them as in a, in a digital format
0: hmm. and uh, i i understand there is also another offering around card stack uh, uh could you explain it how it enables the uh, various banks uh, to you know launch uh, uh, digital functionalities around card instruments okay. and uh, okay. any examples
1: Correct, correct. So, so, what we launched was we realized that a lot of SME customers and corporate customers uh, use SaaS tools. Uh, and these SaaS tools can vary from uh, your uh, HR teams to your finance teams to your product teams to your tech teams to cloud expenses to add digital ad marketing expenses, right? And a lot of times, companies found it difficult, specifically, SME customers found it difficult uh, because their purchasing power would be very, very small. Right, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't get a that of discount. What we realized was that at a bank's level, we can aggregate all these services, link them to the commercial card of the bank itself, and that commercial card, when given to SME, SME will have access to all these SaaS tools which they will use in their iterations of the business at a much discounted, right. Furthermore, they don't have to worry about payments because everything directly from their commercial card itself, and they. Get a uh, by default uh, credit period because it's a credit card. So that's something which we are launching with several banks. Uh, it's essentially a SaaS uh, marketplace or a SaaS aggregation platform which you have created.
0: Got you. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, the uh, security and data privacy. Uh, how, how do you guys uh, maintain that? Because I understand banks are very sensitive about security and uh, when you store customer data. Because you are selling customer engagement solutions, uh, how, how do you go about uh, the security?
1: So, first thing is, we don't uh, get any PII data or personally identifiable information from the banks to us, mm-hmm. right? So, we don't have access to uh, the financial data of the customer that stays with the bank, right? Mm-hmm. We only enable the bank to Offer these products to the customers. Secondly, if at all there is any, whatever data, even if it's a transaction number, which no one can make sense of it, right? Even if it's a transaction number, which is being exchanged, all the data at rest or all the data in transit is encrypted. So there can't be any malware attack, which will make sure that the data gets uh, gets put at risk, right? So uh, it's not just the bank, even we are extremely finicky and panicky about making sure that data is extremely secure. It is, I think, a basic hygiene, which needs to be maintained. And uh, we have to be very, very sure and clear about maintaining that hygiene.
0: So we understood about the uh, different modules and different products uh, of a nuclear, but tell us as a venture, what is the fundamental problem that we are trying to solve? So one of the reasons which we realized was that banks uh, have been a store of value. Right
1: over a period of time. That's exactly, that's essentially their core value proposition. But nowadays, because the customer's behavior has changed, right,
0: uh,
1: it's important for the bank to be more involved in the lifestyle of the customer, right? To be more involved in terms of getting or getting information about the customer, understanding intelligence about the customer, and using that intelligence, then creating a personalized offering for that particular customer. I think that was somewhere we saw that there is a gap and we came in with a suite of products. Now, as I said earlier, that the problem statement of a retail customer versus the SME customer and a corporate customer and a commercial card customer are very, very different. Right? Mm-hmm. So again, a single product cannot solve all, all of their problems. So we had to create multiple products and we are able to solve those particular problems for all of these teams across the bank. Uh, from a nuclear perspective, our idea was very clear that we wanted to be sustainable from day one, right? So we have, we wanted to be profitable from day one, sustainable from day one and not be dependent on any external capital, right? Therefore we completely bootstrap the company. And when you talk about sustainability, diversification is extremely key, right? It becomes very, very important to diversify the business right. across geographies, across multiple products, right? Because a particular product after a period of time, will get churned it there will come a time when that product will go through a downturn right in order mm-hmm. to hedge risks we had to make sure that we offer multiple products we get revenue across multiple channels across multiple products as well as across multiple geographies and that was the goal right from day one right so therefore mm-hmm. we targeted Middle East, we targeted southeast asia we we currently have entities across india dubai and singapore uh, mm-hmm. which cater to all the three markets for us
0: how do we how do we price our products as in uh, what's the different revenue streams that we have? Do we charge per implementation or per uh, customer's data or uh, how, how does it work?
1: So again, uh, uh, we are a B2B company, we are not a B2C company, right? So we don't compete with the bank for the customer's attention. We provide our product to the bank and then bank provides it further to their own customers, right? Uh, our idea was very clear from table. We never wanted to be a cost center for the bank, right? Mm. We always wanted to be a revenue center or profit center for the bank. So the whole concept, we flipped it around. Instead of thinking that can we make revenue from the bank? The idea was, can we make revenue from the transaction and pass on uh, a percentage of that directly to the bank, right? Mm. So we are not a cost center for the bank. We are essentially a profit center for the bank, right? So the bank raises the invoice and we pay to the bank on a monthly basis. So this way, essentially, we we are never a cost center. We are always a profit center for the bank.
0: Hmm. Take us back to the early days of nuclear, I think back in 2018. how, what what sort of events happened when when you thought of building this venture and how did you come up with this name?
1: Oh, name. Okay, so I'll, uh, two different questions. So I'll tackle the first one, which is a very good question because uh, a lot of things which you do at that point of time while starting a business, it's only in hindsight that you realize you are able to judge your decisions, right? Hmm. Um, In 2018, like we were coming off after having run three different companies, right? Right. And over the last course of eight odd years from 2010 to 2018, we had made a lot of mistakes on the way, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, In 2018, we promised ourselves that we have to make sure that we learn from those mistakes and not repeat them. Mm -hmm. And on the basis of those mistakes, we essentially formed a set of guidelines for nuclear and made sure that these are the guidelines that we will follow. It did we didn't promise ourselves that we will not make any other mistake we definitely have made mistakes right i mean that goes without saying but at least some of the major mistakes which we did in the past eight odd years we promised ourselves that these are the these are the these are few things which we should not repeat right? what,
0: what what are those guidelines if you'd like to uh, share
1: yeah coming to me. so first thing was we always wanted to make sure that we are thinking long term we are not taking short term decisions right so earlier one of the ventures when i started it actually was started with the view that we have to get an exit in three or four years, right? Mm. But nuclear, we were very clear that the objective is that it should stay even after I die. Mm. Right? So there was no concept of exit at all from day one. We don't want to exit the company. We don't, we want to run this company for the rest of our lives. Right. And that changed the dynamics altogether. There's no short term decision now. I know I have to run this for the next 40, 50 years at least till whatever time I live, right? If I have mm. to do that, I have to make sure that the culture of the company is good. I enjoy working with the team that I work with, right? I have to make sure that the people who join the team are the kind of people who I enjoy, with, enjoy working with on a day-to-day basis. The products which we build, we are proud of those products. The clients that we work with, we are happy with those relationships, right? The geographies, the decisions that we take, mm. they are, we are not happy those decisions only today or for the next 18 months, but are happy with those decisions for the next 10 years, 20 years, right? So automatically, all the decision making completely changed across the board, whether it was to do with people we are hiring or the clients we are working with, right? That was one of the most important guidelines that we put together. The second was we have to be sustainable. We can't be dependent on external capital because a small downturn and the company will go outside of our control. Mm. Right. Someone else start dictating terms, and we didn't want that.
0: Mm.
1: And therefore, we had to be profitable. That was a decision which uh, led to a lot of uh, you know decisions downstream. Like for example, not doing a B two C app, mm-hmm. or only focusing on B two B, focusing on the revenue generating activities. Right. Focusing on banking as an ecosystem. So all those decisions came from that particular guideline. It also meant third principle was, and these are the top three principles that we have to think big Hmm. in hindsight, probably we didn't think big enough because at that point of time, previously for the eight years, we only thought about India and India as a market.
0: Hmm. When
1: we thought about think outside India, we thought about Middle East and Southeast Asia, right? We didn't think of us. We didn't think of Latin America. We didn't think of Australia, Africa or Europe. Now we have started thinking like that, but at that point of time, we were very clear that we have to be multilingual. We have to be multi-currency. And we have to target Middle East to start with and Southeast Asia to start with. And that slowly, slowly we have been able to achieve. So these are the top three principles. There were several other principles also, which were essentially uh, maybe applicable to a a particular section of the company or a particular vertical of the company. But more importantly, these three principles have have been the driving force.
0: Uh, one key takeaway uh, i think for other listeners is uh b2b is is a segment where you can be profitable from day one which is not uh, that easy in b2c uh now coming to the uh, other question tell us about the you know naming uh, what's the logic behind the nuclear name so
1: as i said like we've always wanted to be multi product company Right? We didn't want to bet everything against a single product. We've always wanted to be multi-product, And the idea is that if we can be the core of multiple functions in a bank, core meaning the nucleus of that particular vertical, then we'll have multiple nucleuses within a bank. And a plural of nucleus is nuclei. Therefore, that's how the name goes. The other aspect is that getting a .com domain nowadays is extremely difficult. Right, so that also was one of the decision-making uh, factor that we were getting a dot com domain, and we went with that.
0: Got it. Uh, any challenges uh, that you faced while uh, building and growing this venture? Any major major challenges?
1: A lot of them. A lot of them. Right, like uh, running a bootstrap company is not easy. Uh, I've been in companies where we have raised sufficient fund to have a lot of money in the bank but running a bootstrap company especially the first 18 odd months I would say uh, was very difficult it was very touch and go in some of the months Uh, post 18 months I think for whatever reason right after pandemic or maybe 3 or 4 months after the pandemic hit in 2020 uh, it has been uh, like a bit bit more comfortable we haven't seen those days uh, till now Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It requires a lot of mental strength to get through those days. Uh, Like I have a lot of white hair in my beard. Uh, It's probably because of the stress caused by running these companies, right? And um, you need to promise yourself that you will see it through. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's very easy to give up. Uh, It's just that you have to accept this as a way of life and live this life, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it brings. Uh, Positives and negatives, because if you look at any other choice choices in life, everything has a pro and con, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, being a bootstrap company has its pros, but it also has its cons. Uh, other challenges around culture, uh, around uh, developing the product, uh, delay with the product, sometimes uh, integrating with banks—all those challenges are essentially normal course of business. Of course, the major challenge of when COVID hit in 2020 also came through. Uh, It was a very uh, uncertain period. We were Mm. not sure. Actually, no one was sure what's going to happen over the next three, four months. Um, It was a very uncertain period. We also went through it. Uh, But essentially, if if I look at the most uncertain periods for the company over the last four and a half years, our team has been able to stick together and come through it on the positive side. And that's something which has given me a lot of confidence in the team that whatever comes our way, our team has the ability to get through it and come out on the other side positively. So that's something which uh, having gone through it repeatedly, almost one at least once every year, I think that's a confidence, that's a belief which has been gained the hard way. But uh, we have a strong belief now in the team.
0: You spoke about uh, stress and the white hairs. I think a lot of entrepreneurs say the same thing that the stress is, is a constant thing in entrepreneurship and everybody has to work at least uh, 16 hours, 18 hours a day, uh, at least in the initial days to make a venture successful. So can you, can you tell us how do you personally manage uh, the stress? What would you suggest other entrepreneurs?
1: So it's not easy you have to go through it i think it's it's a learning curve for everyone uh, for some people this comes naturally so they are able to handle that stress compartmentalize very very easily for some people like me it didn't come naturally so i had to struggle through it uh, i think i took to uh, stoicism uh, a few years back uh, and mm-hmm. one of the principles of stoicism says that think about uh, what you control what you control and what you don't control Right, and what you don't control, there is no point in stressing about it. And most of the time, things which you are stressing about are outside of Mm. your control. Yeah, if they're inside your control, then just Mm. act accordingly and solve that particular stress point. So that, like that, mental model gives uh, takes away a lot of stress. But having said that, again, it's not easy, right? Like a lot of Mm. times, there is not just financial stress; there is also stress about. hiring people. There is a stress about launching a product. There is a stress about people's expectations from you, right? There are so many people who who have believed in you and are looking up to you to solve a particular problem or take the company in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And that belief also adds its own stress, right? Responsibility adds its own stress. Uh, Again, it's something which over a period of time, At least it has taken me a few years to be able to manage it uh, to a larger extent, not completely still. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think it's a journey which every individual has to go through uh, on their own.
0: Can you you tell us what is the meaning of entrepreneurship uh, for you? How would you define the term entrepreneur or the process of entrepreneurship?
1: Okay, that's a very good question. Hmm. So when I think about entrepreneurship, the one thing, one word which comes to my mind is passion. Mm. Uh, all the good entrepreneurs which I know or I look up to mm. are extremely passionate individuals, right? And they are passionate about variety of things. It's not just that there is only one single passion in their life. They're passionate about a variety of things in their life. One of the key passions. Uh, of these people is curiosity. They don't stop asking questions. They don't take uh, anything on face value. They understand the deeper meaning of it. They go back and try to question and understand why is is something happening? What is the basis of it? Right? Mm -hmm. I think that along with the passion in general in the personality is very, very important to get to the bottom of things. A lot of times people don't ask questions, right? People people try and take everything on face value. And I think that's a disservice to their own intelligence, right? Uh, Mm And I believe that's something which differentiates entrepreneurs. Uh, I also think it's a way of life. Uh, Once you adopt this way of life, uh, it becomes very difficult to move away from it, right? And when I talk about this way of life, it is it's more about having freedom to do things and from doing things and having a set of uh, kind of control over your mental space, mind space, uh, and keeping it as free as possible. Right. So uh, again, as I said, it's a journey, right? Like the, if you would have asked me this question in 2010, my answer would have been completely different. Today, my answer is completely different because it, so many years have passed by. I have a lot more white hair now and Mm -hmm. I've gone through a lot of experiences and therefore the answer is more mature. If you ask me the same question five years down the line, I'm 100% sure it will be slightly more more mature, more different.
0: Got it. Speaking of 2010, uh, I would like to ask you this. When did you think of becoming an entrepreneur and why? What was your uh, motivation? You could have gone into any career and made good money out of it. Why entrepreneurship?
1: So, good question again two parts one is money uh, so i think every individual needs to look at their relationship with money uh, and think deeply about it uh, specifically when it comes to india because most of at least people in my generation uh, and my generations like the previous generation right parents generation mm. they came through the first and second level of maslow's hierarchy of needs right like financial security for most of the population in india is still not there, right? Mm. Very, uh, like this lower single digit percentage points of population in India has financial security, right? So most of the entrepreneurs in India, including me, uh, wanted to do entrepreneurship to gain that financial security. Now, again, I said like in 2010, I was thinking like that. Mm. Uh, it was not a, a right way of thinking. Over a minute of time, I think my relationship with money changed. Uh, because I was leading not a very extravagant life, uh, I didn't require a lot of money. So as the requirements were very minimal, the relationship with money, the risk associated with money diminished. Okay. And instead of chasing money, started chasing freedom, started chasing uh, value creation. right? And once that journey started, money just became a side byproduct. If you deliver value to anyone, Hmm. Right. They will deliver value to you back in some or the other form, right? It could That's be true. money, it could be gratitude, it could be anything else. Right? That's true. But at some point of time, you gain that level of maturity that start delivering value. Hmm. Don't worry about what you're getting out of it.
0: Hmm.
1: Because what you get out of it is always a lagging indicator. Hmm. If I ask for value upfront, and without committing value, which I am delivering, then it becomes a very poor equation, right? I, I think over a of time I gained this, uh, that I have to deliver value first and mm. everything else will automatically flow in, right? Same is the case with our relationship with our clients that we have to be comfortable that we are delivering value mm. and then hope that, and believe and hope that the value will get delivered in the reverse order as well right so mm-hmm. money became a byproduct
0: right.
1: focus shifted to gaining freedom gaining uh, freeing up mind space uh, learning as much as possible gaining as much as knowledge across multiple fields mm-hmm. and delivering value creating value for the team and all the stakeholders
0: well uh, my final question uh, so all these years of uh, building your own venture and working for other startups what did you learn? Um, uh, what are some of the top most interesting lessons that you have learned that we can take away and probably apply to our ventures?
1: IQ is overrated and EQ is not valued at all. I think kindness solves a lot of problems, which money cannot solve. Right. So I have learned this the hard way. Uh, we need to be kind, uh, not just to everyone else, but also to ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of times I have realized that just by being kind, a problem is solved very, very fast instead of, you know, trying to figure out a complex solution. Uh, and it applies to everything, everything, every relationship, uh, every particular problem statement. So bring kindness to the table as soon as possible. Uh, gain that knowledge or deep understanding of kindness as soon as possible. I think that will serve individuals, companies, any team a lot more than a collective IQ of 125, 130
0: plus. Mm. Well, uh, on this note, uh, I think we'll end the session. Thanks for your time, Mr. Ankur, And it was a pleasure to have you on our platform.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure to be here.
0: I absolutely loved it.